0: on Local Now Channel 525. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm honored. Today is Wednesday, October the 7th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on October 7, 1996, Fox News Channel signed on the air. Today in 1913, Henry Ford came up with a new idea. He called it an assembly line. It was taking 12 hours to put together a ford automobile he said man we can do it faster than that so he figured out instead of having the crew move from place to place or car to car as i said it was taking 12 hours to manufacture one car to put it all together his assembly line idea which is now standard of course took 12 it took it from 12 hours to 93 minutes to put together one car that was today in 1916 it's in 1913 today in 1916 the most lopsided victory in college football history Georgia Tech defeated Cumberland University if you're a football fan this will make you smile I think yeah the score was 222 to nothing Today, 1954, Marian Anderson became the first black singer hired by the Metropolitan Opera Company in New York. Today, 1960, Democrat presidential candidate John F. Kennedy and Republican Richard Nixon held their second televised debate. Those debates, as you'll recall, did not go well for Richard Nixon. He was under pressure. He started sweating, and you could see the perspiration. It was not good for him. That kind of changed debates, presidential debates, as people had known them. And now, of course, that's standard fare. And the vice presidential debate is tonight. I'll come back to that in a moment. Today, in 1985, Palestinian gun, gunmen hijacked the Italian cruise ship. They, in the Mediterranean, the hijacker shot and killed Leon He was a Jewish-American tourist. He was in a wheelchair. After they shot and killed him, they pushed him overboard. Then they surrendered on October 9. Today, in 1991, University of Oklahoma law professor Anita Hill, she publicly accused Supreme Court nominee Clarence Thomas of making sexually inappropriate comments when she worked for him. Thomas denied Hill's allegations. That was kind of the beginning of that kind of dirty, raw politics in regards to seating Supreme Court justices. That was ugly and awful. And many of us had never seen anything quite like that in our lifetime, particularly in regard to the Supreme Court. Joe Biden was head of the Judiciary Committee at that time. He sort of led the attack. He's later apologized that he didn't He didn't do more for Anita Hill. Today in 2003, California voters recalled Governor Gray Davis, and they elected Arnold Schwarzenegger, their new governor. Personally, he turned out to be a disaster. Fathering a child with the lady who cleaned their home, among other things, that's bothersome. Last night, President Trump tweeted that he has fully authorized the total declassification of any and all documents pertaining to the FBI's investigation into the Trump campaign and Hillary Clinton's private email server. He said, I have fully authorized the total declassification of any and all documents pertaining to the single greatest political crime, he put crime in all capital letters, in American history the Russian hoax. Likewise, the Hillary Clinton email scandal, he said, no redactions. That sent shockwaves through the far left, I can tell you. And with everything that's going on right now, the presidential, the COVID-19 and all, this could get lost. The press will try to suppress this because they don't want you to know about it because they don't want you to really get interested in what all happened there. But all of that hoax that was that went on for three years and turned out to be just that. I mean, Trump was right. All of that is going to be exposed now. It's going to be out there. And the conservative news organizations will be reporting on it. I will keep you abreast of what's happening. We'll pay attention to it. And but there will be a lot of information come out and it's not going to be pretty for the left because Obama, Biden, Clinton, Hillary, all of those people were deeply involved with the Russian uh, that dossier, the Russian hoax and all of that stuff. Obama knew what was going on. I mean, that's been verified already. And this is going to be an avalanche of truth. It is what it is. And the American public are going to get to take a look at it. My only thought on that is he should have done it a year ago. But He has done it now. So we'll see what all that says, but it's not going to be pretty, especially for the key players, the president, Obama, Biden, Hillary, that group. Also last night, President Trump called off the negotiations over a stimulus bill until election day. That surprised a lot of people. They said, oh, no, what about the $1,200 check that we're supposed to get? Everybody needs that and wants that i guess and and uh who doesn't the republicans and democrats are pretty well together on that i mean nobody's saying they don't want to do that but what happened is that nancy pelosi began to fiddle with this uh attempt to help people the stimulus and uh, she's come out she's attached and that's what politicians do they attach things you know they 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 pass a like a clean water bill or something i'm just as an example they pass a clean water bill but attached to it is building a um, a fund center for their favorite politician in maine or somewhere i mean it's just it's crazy stuff but they call it pork in these bills and it's been going on probably as long as we've had these so-called public servants that we elect but anyway um, she had attached all these things to it, and she's been urging Republicans to pass it to help people and get their $1,200 checkout. But what the public hasn't known, but it's becoming now known, is that in this $2.2 trillion coronavirus relief bill uh, that they have presented as a, a way to crush the virus, so that we can open the economy and open our schools safely. That's the line from the left. The truth is, the bill would almost do nothing to achieve that. This was probably not a good political move for President Trump, but he's not a politician. hes I know he's probably learned a few things over the last three years about politics, but he still isn't really a, a dyed-in-the-wool polit- politician. So he just did it because he knew it was the right thing to do. I mean, I'm not speaking for him, but I'm observing. Pelosi isn't telling the public, and the press certainly won't tell you this, the bill rewrites election law for 2020, not 20 years from now or 10 years from now. But it rewrites this year's 2020 election law. It bars voter ID requirements. Uh, I mean, it changes that. Forcing states to count absentee ballots that arrive as late as 10 days after the election. Imposing same-day voter registration everywhere on every state, even though there's only 21 states that allow it now. She wants all states to be forced in this election, be forced to have same-day registration. All of these, and there's more controversial changes, all of them don't belong in this stimulus bill. She's also uh, attached $225 billion for public schools. But the problem with that, it is supposed to improve. That's the word in the deal. It's supposed to improve public schools, physical facilities. Well, it kind of does. Of the $225 billion, only $5 billion, I mean, talking billions, I mean, only, but I mean, only... You know, but anyway, only $5 billion, which is 2% of what she wants, is for actually improving schools. The rest of it is either directly or indirectly sent to, you guessed it, the Teachers Union Protection Plan. The union is one of the biggest, the, the Teachers Union, and I know there's a lot of school teachers that listen to this program, I've said this before, but my daughter-in-law is a public school teacher. Boy, does she keep me posted on a lot of stuff. I understand there's a difference between teachers and the teachers' union, and I know you understand that too. There's some very fine Christian teachers across America. Thank the Lord. But I will say, I will say that the teachers' union is one of the most divisive and powerful and taxpayer-funded kind of done so in the name of helping our kids get educated, which has nothing to do with educating our kids organization in the country. They are an activist. They are far left. They are so far left that some of the teachers can't stomach. They're being forced to pay their dues and all of that. And some of that has changed now. But anyway, that's what this is all about. She's trying to get ship all this money to these uh, people that are, in power in the teachers union because they obviously support Pelosi and and Schumer and Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton and whomever. So that's what that's about and that's why he did that. But there's one other part of that I just wanted to make you aware. There's much more, but I'm just kind of hitting the the you know, the short version of it. But this bill also allocates four hundred and seventeen billion dollars to state and local governments with no strings attached. In other words, here is your money, $417 billion of taxpayer money. And there are no strings, no requirements, no, I mean, not even reporting. What it is, it was intended for a bailout for these Democrat-run cities that are failing. And they didn't start failing under Trump, and they didn't start failing under this coronavirus epidemic, pandemic, that we have. This has been going on for a very long time, and I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to talk a little bit about what Michelle Obama said yesterday on a video. It's very revealing. And all of us, particularly Christians, should be aware, because she and her husband claim to be Christians They tout their Christianity, they mention it often as needed, and all of that, as does Biden, his Catholicism, Christianity. So in that context, we want to take a look at what they're really saying and what they really believe. But that's what this was about, and that's why Trump just came out last night and just said the negotiations over a stimulus stimulus bill are off until after election day. I don't think Nancy Pelosi expected that at all. I don't think Schumer expected it. I don't think any of the politicians did. As I said, Trump is not a politician. He just isn't. Before I get to the Michelle Obama piece I want to talk to you about, I want to thank you again for your response to our need. We had mentioned that we needed to upgrade our computer systems in the office and so on, and all that runs this program as far as the business part of it, and uh, told you that we needed $5,200 here a while back, and that I had already authorized that, and we had to have the work done by October 15. I want to tell you, we're right on schedule. I had gone ahead and authorized it, but I told all of our listeners here that I didn't have the money to do it, but we just did it because we didn't have any choice, and I ask you to step up and help us. You certainly did. And yesterday, I had just learned as I came on the air, it was an emotional moment for me of gratitude to you. I know the Lord is the provider of all things, and I'm fully aware of that, and you are, but he uses people, and he spoke to your hearts, and you responded, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I also want to remind you that this was not our budget. The budget continues to roll on, but... The upgrade is all taken care of, and thank you, and we received more than we needed, and we'll use that for like upgrades and things that we need to be fixed to keep this program on course technically. So thank you so very, very much, and thank you for continuing to support us each month. It is so very, very necessary, obviously, because we can have all the upgrades we want, but if we can't pay our airtime bills and our other related expenses. (laughs) We won't be on the air anyway. You know all that, and I want to thank you for it. I want to share a couple of notes that I got from you, very contrasting notes. One of them says, said this. It was handwritten. Thank you again for your radio program and telling the truth of the news. I listen every day, and oh, happy anniversary to you and Mrs. Randall. I've enclosed a small gift but I've been praying the prayer of Jabez over your ministry. I believe it's God's will that I do so. I continue to pray for our country, our leaders, redemption of unbelievers in power. Praise be to God. He is in control and aware of everything. I will continue to write to you and pray and donate. I hope you don't mind my letters. With this letter came a $5 contribution. It came from a lady in a Washington State Correctional Center. We received another note. It says, Dear Gary, this one's typed, Dear Gary, I've enjoyed listening to your morning program for about four or five years now. I have always been meaning to donate to your foundation, but your computer needs gave me the extra bump that I needed to actually do it. Continue to keep us informed from a biblical perspective. It's what I and the world needs. The bread of life in Christ, and then this man's name. He's the owner of a business, and he sent a significant check to help out with this project. That gives you an idea of, and so many businesses support us, or a good number of them, the people that own them believe in what we're doing, and through their business they support support us, not in advertising, because we don't advertise, but in donations. And all of you who write those checks every every month to help us stay on the air, words are not adequate for me to express my deepest appreciation. Thank you so much. Our address is box 399 Bellevue, Washington, Nine eight zero zero nine, box three nine nine, Bellevue, Washington, nine eight zero zero nine, or you can contribute online, and more and more of you are doing that, which is great. Faith and Freedom. Us, not the little symbol. Faith and Freedom. Us, not com, but dot us. The page will come up. You'll see. Up to the top, there's two or three, four tabs. One of them says Donate. Just click on that, and it's easy. Follow the prompts. But thank you so very, very much for your support. Michelle Obama made an all-out <laughs> attempt to seal the deal for Joe Biden. There's, pretty, there's a lot of cockiness on Joe's part now. He thinks he's got this. NBC came out with a poll yesterday that showed him 14 points ahead of President Trump, 14 points. They oversample all of the left-leaning polls, oversample Democrats. I mean, that's a way of doing it, and then honestly say, well, this was an honest poll. It isn't really honest, but you can't prove it's not. But they oversample, oversample Democrats. That's well known. And I suppose there are some that oversample Republicans. I don't know. But generally, most of the polls are left-leaning, and generally, you can't really count on what they say either way because they oversample Democrats. But anyway, in this all-out attempt to seal the deal, Michelle Obama recorded a 24-minute passionate video, and I wrote an article about this today at faithandfreedom.us, and I included her video in that. It, it, you, you, you've you got it. You need to see it to catch the tone and her attitude that comes through in the video. On the one hand, she's almost mother-like, speaking to the people who are watching it. On the other hand, she is angry and almost divisive in the way she misleads in this motherly way. She's well-spoken, so is Barack Obama, of course, and she uses that to to the greatest extent to influence anybody that has any doubt about this election. And that's fine, because that's what elections are about, is people advocating for the people they believe should be elected. But she says, (laughs) she says... President Trump is an inexperienced leader. That means he's not a politician. He's not. But he has led quite a bit. I mean, there's a lot of skyscrapers all around the world that he built. And he took a million or so dollars that his father loaned him and turned it into billions. I mean, I think he is a leader. He just isn't her kind of a leader. She says the president isn't doing. He's not up for the job. He's not doing a good job. She said, and I'm quoting her, He's lying to the American public. She concludes her 24 minutes. So what the president is doing is once again patently false. It's morally wrong. And yes, and I quote her, it is racist. She said racism, fear, division, these are powerful weapons that can destroy this nation if we don't deal with them head on. This sums up the message from the left. Let's talk about that for the few minutes that we have left today. And yes, the vice presidential debate is tonight. It's at 9 o'clock Eastern time. So out here in the West, it's 6 p.m., 6 to 7.30. It'll be interesting to see where Kamala Harris tries to take this thing. Pence has been around a while. He's solid as a rock. He's not like Trump. His temperament is very different. So we'll see how that goes tonight. But that's at 6 o'clock out here in the West and 9 9 p.m. in the East Coast, and you can figure it out in between. The former first lady says it's racist for President Trump to call out the violent riots that have rocked the U.S. She says they're mostly peaceful. She said that, mostly peaceful. She said, in fact, there's only a tiny fraction, those are her words, a tiny fraction of the overall protests that have any violence at all. These words may sound familiar because the local news guys Every night in markets across America, probably the TV news you watch, if you watch any, I'm watching less and less of it, but they come on and say, there was a demonstration in Seattle, there was a demonstration in Portland, or Chicago, or New York, or or the Tri-Cities, or whatever. And they always say it was mostly peaceful. It's like they've been trained, like they went to a seminar, and they were given a kind of a rundown sheet, and this is what you say every night. I mean, and they if not in print, they were given that message actually but she backs up her claims and accusations by saying and i'm quoting michelle obama says research backs it up only a tiny fraction of demonstrations had any violence at all well ask the business owners who have been put out of business or at least for a while shut down because of bombs and and fire and breaking windows with baseball i mean I don't have to describe that to us. The country has sat and watched this for months on end. Seattle, a six-block square, was kind of marked off as, I mean, it was like the Oklahoma land rush. Like, this is now our land. It no longer belongs to the city of Seattle or the United States of America. Yeah, they said that. CHOP, that became CHAZ. It's crazy. I sat there through all that, and I thought, what is mean. Doesn't somebody somewhere want to stop this? And, of course, Mayor Durkin laughed and said it's like a summer of love. That laugh left her face when she realized that it may also end her political career. But it's amazing. But the facts don't support what Michelle is saying, and she knows that, but they they don't care. Axios is not a conservative group, but they published a report based on the insurance industry to the extent of the uh, personal property losses caused by riots from May 26 to June 8. These peaceful protests, riots, which are not so peaceful, as we know, they have, in in accumulated damages by the insurance uh, companies of America, they have created damages, real damages, that are insurable they're right at a billion dollars, and the insurance companies are projecting that their losses will be about $2 million on these mostly peaceful, tiny bit <laughs> riots. Keep in mind that insurance doesn't cover everything. A lot of these losses related to the riots aren't covered by insurance, so that's not even included. But it's at a billion dollars now, and they say it'll probably be $2 billion before it's over if it's over. The largest riot losses prior to this year were those of April and May in 1992 in Los Angeles, $775 million, followed by 1980 Miami riots, that was $65 million, and the 1965 riots in Los Angeles, that was $44 million. The dollar cost in real terms, I mean, revenue loss, the fact that people don't even go into these cities anymore. I don't. I mean, why? Somebody will shoot you because they might think you're on the other side or whatever. Former uh, President Obama, he always painted a dim picture of America. He often apologized for our past sins, our imperfections, our transgressions, always avoiding the topic of America's exceptionalism. He never really saw anything great about America except what his wife said, this is the first time I've been proud of America when he was running for president. That was the first time she'd been proud of America in this country. This dark view of America is well-rehearsed with these people. The Obamas are kind of the epitome of it. They never see anything good in America, and that was reflected in this video that she put out. She said, when people hear all these lies and crazy conspiracy theories repeated over and over and over, they they don't know what to think. People are confused. They can't think for themselves. That's me, not her. I'm not quoting her. But again, quote, With everything going on in their lives, they don't have time to fact-check falsehoods being spread throughout the Internet. And even reasonable people might get scared. One thing the president is really, really good at is using fear and confusion and spreading lies to win. This darkness that she describes, she uses fear and confusion and racism. The very thing that she's accusing conservative people in America of, she's doing. In this 24-minute video, she discusses the division in the United States. She calls on Americans to empathize with those who don't look like us and vote like us. Think about it. She said, you've worked hard your whole life for too long. You've watched the rich get richer. You lost your farms, your livelihoods to corporate greed. You've seen your beloved town shattered by joblessness. You watched families destroyed by drug addiction and mental health challenges. All this long before the virus hit. Huh. Who was in power for the longest time before the virus hit most recently? It was her husband and Joe Biden. So she's right. It did hit before the virus hit. The decline in our cities has been in full sway all through the Obama-Biden years. Barack Obama ran as someone who could bring together the racial divide in America because he's half black. He didn't do it. He miserably failed. In fact, it got worse, not better, during his reign in the White House. With Biden, Michelle says, we'll restore stability and integrity. It's within our grasp. Well, I want to tell you, the left is lost in the darkness of their own thinking. They are describing what Reagan described as mourning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, in America, not the rising of the sun of the morning. Thank you so much for being with me today. We'll continue this conversation tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit about the debate. I'll see you then. And again, thank you so much for standing with us.